Hello, and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Corey with Third Degree Entertainment in Washington and Idaho. I'm Carmela from the Oaks Media Group from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm Tipster, landlord and host at the Pinnacle Larder, situated on an iceberg somewhere in the middle of the Antarctic Ocean. I'm Addy, I run Addy's Proxy Pub Quizzes, and I'm based in Dumfries in southwest Scotland. In, whoa, 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 where? What? Can you say that again? Dumfries in southwest Scotland. Okay. That, that was fantastic cutting in. I'm also Jason <laughs> with Liquid Courage Entertainment in Chicago, Illinois. Corey, thank you for pumping yeah. the brakes. We are 40 <laughs> seconds in, and You're already good. we're off the rails. <laughs> hey, you know what I've got? I've got my bourbon, and it's been a while since I've been on an episode and we've got guests who sound awesome. We have and guests. And I have no plural, idea what they're saying or where they're from. And I'm really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, my, my thick Florida accent. Okay, well, not you. All right, not you. Actually, mostly you, Carmela. I have no <laughs> yes, idea what you're talking about. Mostly me. I get All that. I hear is Gator, Gator, Meth, Go Jags. <laughs> <laughs> and Blake Bortles. <laughs> Bortles. so yeah why don't we take a moment and address the fact that we have three very special guests on this episode voices you have not heard here on quadrivia before and a couple of them are going to sound a little uh we'll use the word exotic but they're going to disagree (laughs) with that context so uh welcome and thank you guys so much for joining us uh tipster and addy and carmella we'll start with you carmella if you want to take a minute and just kind of go into detail um with who you are in the trivia world and why a thousand people are going to listen to this episode as opposed to the previous episode. Oh, well, I, I don't know about that part, but I'm flattered that you think so. Uh, my name's Carmela. I am with the Oaks Media Group. Um, I am a co-host for the show Trivial Warfare. It's a pub trivia style show that's been going for, gosh, we're coming up on six years. It's It's been a while. Um, and I'm also the host of one of the spinoff shows called Foreplay, which is a connection show um, four sets, four clues, and you need to solve the puzzle by the end of the game. That's me. That is you, and I really love that uh, game foreplay that you host. I really love it too, and uh, hoping that we can get you squeezed in there. Oh, that'd be I'm, fun. I'm not familiar <laughs> with foreplay, but it sounds really exciting. Corey, don't yeah. worry. I'll talk to your wife after the recording. <laughs> you beat uh, me to seeing that. <laughs> we, uh, actually, the, the day that we're recording this is uh, the season premiere for season four. Oh, so fantastic. Right now. <laughs> I know what I'm doing after the recording. Yeah. Uh, foreplay? Well, for a long time. <laughs> I really need to get on that show sometime. Oh, uh, Addy, if I could competitively play foreplay against you, I would. But foreplay makes everybody happy, so it's really more of a team game than anything else. Uh, Addy, how about you? Who are you in the quizzing world? Yeah, uh, I'm Addy. I'm uh, that notorious Scottish guy you may have uh, heard on various podcasts. Um, I run what I call Addy's Proxy Pub Quiz, which is, it started off as literally just a quiz that I was hosting live, and I was testing the questions by my dad, and thought, you know what, maybe he could, might want to try the entire quiz as a whole, you know, as as a whole thing. And then I thought, well, who else might like to do that? The entire Trivial Warfare Army, for example. Hmm. Uh, So I started... Uh, sending out the out the quiz, literally the exact same quiz, uh, by email with rules that essentially replicated the uh, pub environment. Um, and since then, it's kind of become its own thing, uh, spawned spawn it off into its own page. 
uh, I've stopped um, hosting it live, so I've now sort of modified the rules slightly. It's evolved somewhat, but still fundamentally, it is essentially an email version of a regular British pub quiz that you can play wherever you like. It's almost literally doing what Trivial Warfare does. It, it takes a pub quiz uh, out of the pub and brings it home. That sounds absolutely amazing. That's all I have. Good work, Addy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't help but notice that you're Scottish. Uh, <laughs> was that yes. what that is? Is, is, is that what it is? Oh, um, otherwise, I do occasionally note uh, I'm ethnically English. It's a bit of a running joke that there's more Welsh blood in my family than there is Scottish. Uh, I was born in and identify as Scottish. Uh, both my brothers, both my parents, and I think like three out of my four grandparents are all English. Hey, I know a, a Scottish guy. You guys all know each other, right? It's like um, one of those little, little places. Again. Yeah, that, a country of five million. Uh, yes, I certainly absolutely do know your friend without having any nice. idea who he is. Gary. You know Gary David Bishop. Tennant? Oh. Is he Not Scottish too? I'm familiar too? with. I have no idea. Uh, David Tennant or Gary Bishop? <laughs> David Tennant is certainly... <laughs> David Tennant is Scottish. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, my God. I wanted to come up with an episode title right there that involved David Tennant being like a landlord, ironically, and I couldn't get there. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure. Tipster, how about you? Who are you in the quizzing world? Uh, so I am uh, a host of a weekly pub quiz on Twitch called the Pinnacle Larder Pub Quiz because I host it in a fictional pub based on an iceberg floating somewhere in the Antarctic Ocean with my free penguin assistants. Um, I've been kind of in the quizzing space for quite a while, almost a decade, in fact. Um, started out doing stuff on local TV and radio. Um, and now, um, I'm on Twitch because I have a full-time job that I also need to do on the side. And TV and radio doesn't really lend itself to being a part-time thing. Um, so I've moved a lot of my formats over to, uh, kind of a hobbyist style quiz on uh on um on the internet that people come and watch and play for some reason i don't know why lower your expectations people lower them <laughs> please oh i've seen that on your twitch channel so many times and i'm stealing it but i'm stealing it with love you have to know that <laughs> oh yeah no I've, flattery I've... is the best best compliment you can give right I have to say, I feel like anyone who's listening to our podcast already has pretty low expectations. So <laughs> I'm not one. sure that was a necessary request. But, uh, well, talking about low expectations, I, I want to know more about Carmela. Uh, okay. How Car is that a segue that's at all complimentary, Corey? Wow. Well, some, oh, I didn't say it was complimentary, but it was a segue. That's, that's fair, I guess. Sure, what's Look, up? <laughs> I've never, ever claimed to be good at this. No, it's cool. None of us are disagreeing with that notion currently. I, I noticed. I, was, I paused so somebody hey, could be like, no, no, you're great. But Podcasting's no. hard, man. I get it. <laughs> well, that's, really what I wanna, that's what I want to ask you about. Um, sure. Because... You know, Jason and I, we got started with live quizzing, and, and that's, you know, our, our bread and butter. Uh, the whole COVID thing threw us into Twitch and into podcasting, but we're still learning this. Right. You've been writing for a podcast for some time. 
Yes. Can you tell us more about that and how it's different than uh, writing for a live quiz? Sure. Uh, so the the format is kind of similar, like whereas you have teams and there's a host, but you're not playing to a crowd of, I hope you guys played to crowds of like at least... 20 people um at least you know on a good oh, night. one of these days carmela <laughs> the sky's um, the limit um so you're you're kind of playing to two audiences when you do it for a podcast you're playing for the teams that are playing your game that you're recording but you're also playing know that it, you know it needs to go out into the world and other people are going to listen to it that can kind of interact with it but it's after the fact um there are a few things that are immediately out the door because it's an audio medium can't do picture rounds and i can't do music rounds um because we can't use that audio uh, on the show so it gets a little smaller and um i've listened to a couple of uh, not a couple i've listened to a lot of these episodes that you guys have recorded and oh, well, there's thank a, you very much <laughs> you're welcome no your show is great i i've talked to jason a little bit i said hey it's really interesting um, what you guys think about when you write questions, because that's not what I think about. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, oh, when you write like a really tough question, you hear that collective groan. If I hear a collective groan while we're recording, I think that I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Because um, if I hear a collective groan, that means Jonathan has groaned. Uh, Jonathan is the main host of the show. Um, and I feel like I did something bad. Um, not that he's saying that I did something bad, but I feel like I did something bad. Um, because right, right. the idea is, and, and I'm sure this is true of live shows too, you want it to be challenging, but you don't want everyone to go, oh, that question is too hard. Um, you want it to be approachable and, but if like you've got one team that's really losing, then that's not fun to listen to on the back end. It might be fun for the teams in the moment, but it's not fun to listen to. Um, so it's trying to ride that line of this is challenging enough for the players, but it's also entertaining enough for people who are listening to it afterwards. If that makes sense. Oh no, it very much does. And I like like mentally the the thing that you brought up about how you have a pair of not similar audiences that you're catering to simultaneously your your actual competitors and and the uh the listeners after the fact and i forget sometimes that i have listeners on this podcast i i'm not <laughs> i'm not saying that to be self-deprecating but sometimes you know i'm just i get into the conversation with you guys and i forget you know when we do the quiz portion that Hey, dumbass, save like 10 seconds before you shout out the answer so that, you know, the people who are actually consuming your content uh, enjoy it. So I guess my question to you, Carmela, is how have you found that having to cater to both of those audiences simultaneously has affected the manner in which you write questions? Um, it does give me a, a bit of a pause when I'm looking at, okay, I'm writing this question like I know Jonathan and I know Ben and I know Chris fairly well. I know what they're good at and I know what they're not good at. And um, I know like, oh, if I write a question about Boston, I'm going to get a reaction out of Jonathan, which might be fun for someone to listen to because they like how much Jonathan hates the city of Boston. Um, but I also know that if I write questions specifically for them, it might be fun for them. Um, but not everyone wants questions about wrestling and uh, the 88 Knicks or, you know, something like that. 
Um, so it's trying to broaden it out. Like, yeah, I'm going to write for these two teams and I know them fairly well, but I also need to broaden it out to where, you know, I hope like a hundred people are going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you fill that time that you're kind of giving people to think about the questions you're asking? Um, you know, is it, it, obviously you can't leave dead air there. Um, right. We and- produce it down. So the recording, uh, Addie is recorded with us. Uh, Recording takes about two and a half, three hours, um, depending on how, how the game is going. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we, you know, generally it's two teams. Uh, There might be a team that rides solo um, and they could just kind of work out their own stuff in their head. It might take them a couple minutes, but we also have teams that more so now, since we're all kind of recording remotely in our, quarantine space or semi-quarantine space whatever it is whatever the hell we're doing right now i, I don't um, know what we're doing anymore <laughs> like what like what is reality i haven't been inside jonathan's house in like six months and that's where i'm used to recording um so we have teammates that are on you know hundreds of miles apart in, in some cases so they're on on the computer so they have to wait until another team locks in um, so they can talk right now. What we've been doing because both teams are completely remote is a lot of Facebook messenger back and forth. Okay. We used yeah. to not let anyone have their phones or computers up at all. Just the recording setup, you know, to discourage cheating. We've never had a problem with cheating on the show. Um, so we pretty much trust everyone who's on there, but it discourages it. Um, most people are just happy because they're they get to come record. Yeah, it feels like awesome. more of a good faith movement than actually yeah. preventing a problem from happening. I can't imagine that anybody would voluntarily come on to a podcast with no prizes, with no money, and for very, very, very little fanfare and cheat to impress. <laughs> yeah, like there's you, your, or me. you there's see literally that. nothing on the line. <laughs> you see that uh, I'm in an online quiz league, um, and I'm I'm absolutely not going to name names. Um, but I know that there's an online uh, sort of team-based quiz league and it is known in that league. And to be clear, I'm not talking about Learned League here. I'm talking mm. about something else. Um, that they has been known that people have um, have cheated. A certain, that certain teams, their scores have gone through the roof when certain team members are not playing. We know that, that, um, that certain people stall the question clock for as long as possible. Um, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, I, I, I'm not aware of it, you know, happening in Trivial Warfare or any of the podcasts, but unfortunately, I, I don't, I don't know why you could speculate, but it, it has happened in other contexts. And, and I'm sure it does. Um, but as I was saying, the, uh, we go back and forth through Facebook Messenger since both teams are remote now. And so all the dead air gets edited out. So it's a it's a fairly produced show where we edit all that dead space out. But oh, since wait, you're we supposed are... to edit these things, Carmela. Well, you Oops. know, <laughs> whoops. Um... Big shout out to Ken at Triviality who does all our behind the scenes right thanks, now. Thanks, Ken. Um, but since we are completely messaging for the most part all the way through Messenger, we are not getting that discussion, which part of the reason that people seem to like our show is that they can hear us talk out how we get to our answer so it would be super boring if after you know however amount of time um the people come back and say okay uh the answer is richard the first and just like not give any explanation as to you know oh i remembered that it was you know patrick stewart in this movie blah 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 yeah because at that point you're just doing jeopardy 
without visuals and without prizes. And that's super boring. It really is. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how Jeopardy is as popular as it is, considering it is so stripped down as a concept. It is. I, and I, I, you know, there is something I, to be said for stripped down concepts, but it, I think having the visual helps. <laughs> I mean, I say that with love. I think Jeopardy is one of the greatest quiz shows of all time, obviously. But still, when you sit there and you analyze it from you know, the context of having to write trivia games and formats, you're like, okay, they ask a question and then two seconds later, somebody gives the answer and then they move on. Right. I suppose that the difference there, it's, it's about what you're listening for. I mean, with Jeopardy, there's obviously a lot more questions, so it's more sort of a question and answer type show. Whereas with Jeopardy, or something like Trivial Warfare, you're there for the discussion, you're there for the banter, you're there for the community. You know, there's, there's, there's like 20 odd questions in Trivial Warfare, you know, whereas there's twice, two or three times that in a fraction of the time in Jeopardy. So it's about, uh, you know, and, and Jonathan, you know, and others have certainly said, I've said it before that, you know, if you're not, if you're there just for the questions, then trivia warfare might not be the best way to get the trivia. It right. is everything that goes with it that's part of the appeal. Yeah, the idea is that you're there with your friends and it's conversations that you would have with your friends while you're trying to figure out an answer. Now, of course, you know, people who, surprisingly, uh, before doing a trivia podcast, I didn't play a lot of bar trivia or pub trivia. I just didn't do that. I could probably count on my one one hand how many times I did that before joining Trivial Warfare. Oh, no kidding. Really? Yeah. So my... Um, I mean, I did like Brain Brawl, which is kind of like Quiz Bowl. Uh, I did that in high school mm -hmm. as a captain of my academic team and my JRTC unit. Um, but other than that, you know, I just like like to play things like Seen It, and then my, you know, my ex husband didn't want to play with me anymore because <laughs> I would always win. That's his damn um, loss. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> one of the many reasons why he's the ex husband. Anyway, <laughs> because of trivia. But because of trivia yes it's, it's very it's very trivial matters that uh that that happened that's a whole other kind of trivial warfare <laughs> hey he plugged the thing Woo! thank you very much um so yeah a lot of it's edited down and the but the the idea is that you want to have that conversation and of course you have things where like well i know this and this is what we're going to write down and we have those moments but for the most part people like to listen to us because i hope it's because we have interesting things to say and, you know, we can talk out how we get to an answer. You can, you know, everyone can do that collective groan when Jonathan manages to pull an answer somewhere out of his ass that he had no <laughs> business knowing in the first place, um, which is super frustrating. It, every time it happens, every time it happens, it's super frustrating. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been on a team and I've been against teams that have that guy. And, yeah, oh, God, that guy is the worst. <laughs> I was just going to say, we haven't heard from Tipster in a while, and I want to uh, uh, mm -hmm. throw the, the conversation uh, his way. Tipster, you're hosting exclusively on Twitch. Yeah. What are your thoughts between what you hear uh, Carmela talking about and, you know, what Jason and I and the other Quadrivia hosts have talked about in, in past episodes? Where do you see yourself in that mix and uh what are you seeing that's similar or different from our so, experiences so the big difference with um twitch is that you don't really have an audience there you haven't really got anybody to bounce off of you are interacting with a text chat most of the time um and you're responding to answers as they come in um and it's also the the kind of demographic you're dealing with is quite different from your standard pub quiz 
Um, usually you won't see 13-year-olds in a standard pub quiz, whereas on Twitch, that's fair game. Um, like the, the general kind of demographics on Twitch, you're looking um, kind of towards your younger end. Um, so, but kind of I try to cater to as many people as possible when I write my stuff. So um, I will have stuff ranging from the 70s all the way through to the 2010s. And I try and vary up as much as possible to try and keep everybody's attention. Because people getting up and walking out of a pub is a lot more difficult than someone closing down a Twitch stream. Um, so you have It's to also kind a lot of, more obvious. It's yeah. a lot more obvious as well, yeah. So um, you have to kind of keep people engaged constantly. You have to... Even when you're waiting for questions to be answered, you need to have something there to um, keep the people who've already submitted um, interested. Um, so it's not just about the questions on Twitch. It's about how you present them. It's about how you fill for time whilst you're waiting for that last team who is thoroughly scratching their head over that one answer that they just can't get um whilst you know what you're waiting for that question to close out um and kind of alongside that um you don't really have um as quicker communication when things go wrong uh if things fall apart they fall apart and everybody knows about it and everybody is piling on you at once but because it's over text chat, you can't tell what's going wrong on their end. You can't tell. So you've got to kind of try and read a room full of people talking in text. And that is a skill that I still haven't learned. Um, <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. If something goes weird, you know, when I'm doing a Twitch show and all of a sudden, you know, 15 somewhat simultaneous messages come in and say, hey, you're muted, you're muted, you're muted. I feel like a room full <laughs> right. of people is yelling yeah. at me when it's just 15 oh. very thoughtful people who are all just saying, hey, you're muted. Yeah. But it doesn't uh, it, come across that way because it all hits at once from at a once. variety of different places. There's no cross communication between those people like you would have in a pub. So mm. whereas if something wonky happened and your back was turned to your video display and all of a sudden the question disappeared, you know, one or two people would be like, Hey, turn around. Instead you have a room full of people simultaneously <laughs> shouting, Hey, turn around. And it feels different. It hits weird. You know, on a similar note, I fucking hate it when people just stop typing on Twitch. Like oh, when it just, like I can deal with a quiet, you know, bar. I, yeah. I'll walk around and I'll talk to them or, or I'll interact with them or I'll make fun of the way they look. Well, but on Twitch, it's just like, y'all, if you don't type, I have fucking nothing to do. Well, Give me also, something to interact with. It's also a case of you can see the people are still there, right? Exactly. Whereas you are you are hoping. You are hoping that either A, Twitch chat hasn't gone down. Um, B, your internet connection hasn't died. Uh, or C, everybody's just upped and left because you've said something abhorrent. Um, and that third one is the one that always plays in the back of your head somewhat. Um, like it's Tipster, even... if you wonder why I drink on my stream, it's to silence that voice in my head. Goes, <laughs> They're not liking this. Nobody's here. You're just talking to yourself, Jason. But also the thing that you deal with a lot with online trivia is delay. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. when you ask a question, there is going to be some delay to when the audience hears it. Hears it. Um, and with with Twitch, that can be anywhere between 
a, f- a couple of seconds and 30 seconds, depending on the person's bandwidth, depending on, you know, their internet connection, whether or not they're watching on mobile or, you know, on their desktop, whatever they've got open at the time, they're torrenting the latest movie. Uh, you know, <laughs> like there's a ton of things that feed into how quickly someone is able to hear what and see what you're presenting. Um, so you have to kind of account for that as well. So you, you're kind of spinning a bunch of plates and mm-hmm. any one of them can fall at any time. And because there's a bunch of them, sometimes you don't notice. Um, now, <laughs> in, that, uh, in that regard, have you found anything that you're able to do in your writing of the questions that helps address that? Anything that fills those spaces, keeps it interactive and engaging? Um, yeah, so, just trying to bring it back to the, the writing point. Yeah. Uh, so what, what uh, do you do that helps? So there are, there are a few things that I do. Um, first of all, I kind of break away from the traditional pub quiz format of each round is a different kind of category. Mm. I tend to do mechanics based rounds. Um, the reason behind that is most of the people who are playing on Twitch are, are playing either alone or in a team, but alone in their room. Um, and it's that thing of not, you know, trying not to have people left out of the conversation for too long. Um, if someone's, you know, if someone is, you know, knows they're absolutely rubbish at, um, history and there's a full round on history, that person's kind of sitting there sulking for an entire round and you kind of don't want that. Um, the other thing in terms of, um, kind of writing the questions is have supplementary stuff to talk about. Uh, whether that's puns, jokes, um, extra information about the answer to the previous question, or uh, little tidbits of information that don't necessarily lead to the answer on the current one, but are nice to know. Um, and most of the time, chat will carry you. But sometimes you do have to fill that time. <laughs> oh, very much so. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I do similar stuff for writing uh, for the podcast. You know, extra information that's fun to know mm. that may not necessarily, you know, be necessary for the question um, because it's more entertaining to listen to after the game is done. So, yeah, and it's it's also like sometimes I will just completely tangent as well um, and talk about something different. Or, you know, ask chat how their day is going, because at the end of the day, we are a community. We are, we do kind of, I want to get to know my community. I want to get to know the people that play my games, much like people would in a pub quiz. Um, but that's kind of difficult over, uh, you know, a broadcast medium where the only kind of relay you've got is that text chat. Um, so when people are sitting around doing nothing, I'll, I'll natter to those people. Um, you know, we will totally diverge on completely different things like milkshakes, for example. I don't um, know why anybody would bring up milkshakes. There's I don't no know clue why what you're talking about. Milkshakes. Um, oh, no. Damn it, bring all the boys to the yard. Uh, yeah, but they have to be body temperature. It's a very yeah, important They have to be rule. warmed up for some reason. Like, who drinks warm milkshake did, for the love well, of I God? I did that as a prank once when April Fool's Day stuck the milk by the, uh, by the Why? Okay, wait, wait. What fucking inside joke am I missing here? What okay. the fuck happened? So, uh, on one of my... So, the Pinnacle Larder is, is in its infancy. It's in its very early phase. We've only just started its second season. It's probably on like its, like its 12th episode. Um, one of the very early games that I did 
um, I played Khaleesi's Milkshake. And during that song, she talks about warming it up. And I went on a rant about <laughs> why on earth would you warm Milkshake up? It's disgusting, right? Not realising the undertones of that song. <laughs> and I was, so, I was in that game that uh, day or evening, depending on where you are. Yep. And it is, that's the best thing that comes from having a communal sense of, of togetherness <laughs> is that you can just every week for the rest of your life, remind Tipster that his warm milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. Yes, they do. Um, we do and something chat- like that. Very quickly. (laughs) Literally the only takeaway I'm getting from this is that you thought that song was genuinely about milkshakes. (laughs) So this is the thing. And I love it. (laughs) So the thing is that when I originally listened to that song, I was much younger. I haven't listened to it much since. And it just happened to come up because I was doing a round on... um, like collaborations. So the idea was I'd play a track by each artist in a collaboration, name the track that they collaborated on. So I played Cameron Harris, I cl- played Khalees, and the answer was Bounce. Um, but the Khalees track that I chose was Milkshake because that's kind of the one that everybody knows, mm-hmm. yeah. um, including myself. And thus a meme was born that day <laughs> when chat informed me what Milkshake actually referred to. Uh, and... Cue about a minute of silence and tea snorting and all of the things. If it makes you feel any better, Tipster, one of our co-hosts uh, thought the song "Timber" by Kesha was literally about a tree going down, <laughs> and we and we caught it on podcast. It oh, is fantastic! <laughs> I am I am glad you informed me of that. <laughs> so and and he's in his forties, so it's just okay. You know, don't don't feel so bad. It happens to us all. And <laughs> if it makes both of you feel better, a guy I know, a professional pub quiz host, a paid pub quiz host, pronounced Degas instead of Degas once. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. Uh, Addy, we let's, love you. Yeah. Addy, let's throw it over to you because we've spent a good amount of time talking about the interaction, the real-time connectivity that you have with audiences, even if they're not in the same room as you. You do a very different kind of quiz, and it does not lend itself to that kind of interactivity or communication. So what is yeah, what is Addy's proxy pub It is not, quiz? yeah. And, and I'll be honest, you've, you've caught me in a really interesting time, actually, because um, I've actually been on kind of a hiatus. Uh, not intention, intentional and uh, not announced because I assumed every month, you know, the idea is that my quiz will go out the first the first of every month. But the last few months, well, I mean, I'm open about the fact I've had mental health issues and I've, I've struggled. Um, and I suppose also when the nature of the format has has kind of gotten to me a bit. So I, I found it uh, tr- relatively tricky to actually um, uh, to do things. So this is this actually this this. This podcast is actually a great uh, way, great sort of springboard for me to to get back started again. So I can tell you about question that the next, the twenty first iteration of my quizzes will be coming out on the first of October. And I don't believe oh, fantastic. This, I don't believe anyone in this room has actually played it yet. Um, I have not. In general, uh, I, or the October edition. Any. Uh, I, no, I don't think I, don't, I have I, not submitted have... to your okay. pub quiz, but I have played it. Erin has played uh, a few. Shout out to Orange Cat Trivia. Um, but yeah, the, you know, because what I found is that, so I'm still, 
I've tinkered with the format a bit, and I'm still kind of trying to work out really the best way to to do it in such a way that it, there's more social interaction. Uh, because at the moment that we have got it set up is that it's it's very time consuming and it's very lonely. Uh, because it is basically there's not much really interaction between me and everyone else. Um, British quizzes in general are very different from American quizzes. That's not really a subject uh, for today. Um, we could do a whole other episode on that. But but, but this quiz is um, in this in this in this part of this quiz is, is a written quiz, and it it starts off me doing it um, was because this quiz was running for about twenty years with the same two hosts alternating week by week. Um, one host left, and so a few others, including myself, sort of started taking up the mantle. Um, so I was doing this for free um, before, I, and essentially this quiz in the pub was me handing out, a sh- there wasn't really much hosting involved. Mm-hmm. It was, I produced a list of questions, handed it around the tables, five, ten minutes later, they swap each other's papers and mark them, repeat for five or six rounds. No real hosting involved. Um, so that's a, so that kind of lends itself quite well in a sense to doing it online. Now when I started doing this two or three years ago, there really wasn't anyone else doing anything like this. Uh, the only one that really came, you know, there wasn't any BP trivia, there wasn't Smarty Pants or Smarty Pints. The only really one that was just starting was the Inkling with Katie Sikelsky. Mm-hmm. Um Katie and I were actually supposed to do a collaboration for trivia for um, to co- uh, trivia nationals this year which unfortunately didn't happen because of COVID. The idea is that we were going to collaborate and do a non-proxy version of our uh, of our distance pub quizzes because um, Katie does a, a mail-order quiz called The Inkling. Um, so shout out to me, Katie, if you're still interested in collaborating on something. Um, so the, the format does it does lend itself directly to that, uh, to that style because the idea is I just... Um, got to take the email addresses of anyone an email address for anyone who wants to take part and i just email out the rounds um so the what i tend to, i i tend to try I, I try and have a bit of fun with the uh with the questions with the round types i'm I, i'm something of an artisan avant-garde quiz writer i would say uh, i try not to i try i try to make my excellent point as a quiz writer is i try and avoid this sort of classic trivial pursuit style trivia rounds i mean they are fantastic they're classic for a reason i try and have a bit more fun with it um i have i try and come up with some odd uh varied and interesting rounds um i'll go into more detail on some of those examples you'll see some more examples of that later on uh but i've settled on a current format of six rounds the first round is 26 questions it's an alphabet round so every question is general knowledge but we'll begin with a different letter of the alphabet. They're in sequence, but the sequence could start anywhere. Oh, that is such a neat Ooh, idea. I like that. Which, I love which, the hell out of that. Which means that, now my assumption is that you can, that everyone will eventually get the sequence. So I can get away with throwing in a bit harder questions uh, because, you know, because you know that everyone is going to fundamentally have um, the first, have the first letter. Uh, the, the idea is not original, admittedly, uh, but what I want, I didn't, but it's it has worked quite quite well. The second round is a kind of a just a fun round, a sort of frivolous round. Um, the third and third round is again is is, a, is random. It could be anything. The fourth round is I have started doing more sort of trivial pursuit style rounds. So so there is something that's more conventional. The fifth round is 
missing words. So basically, I've got a list of 15 things, but I've taken a word out of all of them. You just put fill in the blank. Those rounds are actually really popular. They tend hmm. to be quite easy, um, but they're actually uh, people really, really like those rounds. Can you give um, us just a real quick example? Because I'm kind of having a hard time visualizing what's going um, on with that. Well, I, I had a list of uh, Shakespeare plays with two word names, with two, with two word titles. And so sort of, I took out one of the words in the titles. Oh, okay. I get you now. So blank and Cleopatra, you know. And the blank, is, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I think the last one, because I think there's four Shakespeare plays that have um, exactly sort of name and name answers. So the last one was literally blank and blank. Oh. Because the other three answers were already in there. Right, right. So you knew by process of elimination, especially since the last one was Romeo and Juliet. So, um, so Anthony and Cleopatra. Oh, the Leo movie. Um, yeah, so you know I've done it with things like it was like um, colors, you know, so you kind of like the Rolling Stone songs paint it blank. Um, you know, no, it's it's I, painted black, Addy. I don't know if uh, that was an accent. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's that's just his accent. Don't be <laughs> that's, that's don't a whole, a whole different so, song. It's from their experimental album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's so theoretically, it's meant to be the easiest round to write. Uh, in practice, not so much. But people actually really like that round. I suppose probably because you've got automatic in because you're literally completing what comes next or what comes mm -hmm. before. Uh, the last round I tend to do it's. There's a few things I tend to do for this. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of connections rounds. Uh, you're sort of miss, missing link. You're sort of, here's, you're, here's 14 questions. Uh, last question is what links them. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy, Andy Saunders, a complete list, has also given me permission to do his midpoint rounds. Oh, beautiful. Uh, which is, um, so it's it's a, in what decade? So a list of 10 events all in a deck on a different decade. And you get a one point, you get, uh, you get, one point if you are bang on or within one year either way, and half a point if you're within five years. So if you get the right decade, then you can you'll at least get half a point by going down the middle. I really um, like that as an idea. So that's so yeah yeah. So yeah. the idea for this is that you. So I send out the questions. You email me back. You send me back the answers. And then I um and then I send you I mark it and send back your score. This is actually part of the issue for me is it's very time consuming. I'm very flexible in how people can submit their answers. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do it basically however you want. You can print them out and take a, and take a picture. You can type them up manually. Um, you can write it in a Facebook Messenger message. Uh, that it does mean it's a lot. Of it takes a lot of time for me to mark. Um, the quizzes tend to take me a uh, hundred question quiz. Will probably take me about 25 30 hours to write and if, if i've got about 30 odd teams playing it probably takes me about that long to mark uh you know it, it, it i, I kind of feel like a teacher sometimes and like if i've got <laughs> like if i've got a stack of like 30 submissions i've spent like four or five hours doing nothing but marking them it oh does feel like exactly like marking score so i'm trying to sort of to think of, of better ways of doing things especially because it's just me in my home office sitting there doing it myself not really speaking to anyone, uh, you know, very limited interaction. That's kind of the downside to this format. I can't imagine spending 30 hours writing a quiz. That's, I'm still writing and then reading. Yeah. <laughs> because questions. Uh, oh my God. Well, 90 odd questions. Well, 90 questions. The first round's about 25, 26 questions, and the other rounds are 15. Uh, oh, I, have okay. done it, I have done it in the past. It's um, six rounds of 10. 
I feel bad for going down from 40 to 30 now. It's, well, I mean, this, I mean, because this is the, that was the way this quiz, because I, when I took on this quiz in the pub, I was essentially copying a similar format and the guy who did it was, um, was essentially did six rounds of 15 questions. Um, it, it, and that's, that's too much work, Addy. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. This is why I've kind of, I find myself kind of burning out on it. And so that's why I'm trying, you know, but I want, I'm going to come back. I want to do it. Uh, I, I do want to keep doing this. I just kind of need to try and figure out smarter uh, ways of doing it. Um, possibly I'll tell you what, Addy, I know a guy who can help you figure out how to do the grading and the submissions in such a way that you're not spending <laughs> a literal <laughs> day uh, marking quizzes. We, we will talk, my friend. I want to Thank take you. that and um, make it easy for you. And I, I mean, the idea, though, that, I mean, people do really like this quiz and people, write, you know, it's literally is it's, you know, it's, it's a, especially in these cover type, you know, it's a British it's a British style pub quiz, but you can do it whenever you want. People have met over Zoom, over Skype. Um, you know, people have, have have made an occasion of it. You know, that's the thing we do once a month, you know, sort of gather around and sort of um, and sort of do that quiz. And because I, I try and put because I, I put that kind of effort into that sort of time into writing the questions, I try and write really good questions. Like I don't just sort of take the first ten questions off Google what I can find. And I I'm quite a perfectionist in that sense. Mm -hmm. I want to take a second here. Uh, if y'all take a look at the the episode notes that we've written out, Jason has put a really important question in our episode notes, and I want to jump Did to I this. <laughs> um, how do you monetize attractive players on your uh, different trivia styles? I, I think you're mixing two questions there. We're not trying to monetize attractive players. That's for our OnlyFans. <laughs> That's... Uh, oh. Not sure if that's legal in certain countries. <laughs> I think it's legal in Nevada and possibly uh, the Netherlands, but that's Welcome about it. Welcome to Quadrivia After Dark. <laughs> All right, no, no, that's da -da, da -da, sorry. Da -da, da -da. I realized that was a private conversation Jason and I were having. Uh, I apologize. Well, that's just because Addy is <laughs> on this episode, and I had thoughts. Oh, is that why you messaged me the other night? Okay. <laughs> Oh, alrighty. But, <laughs> but you know, now that now that we have kind of a lull, let me let me throw a question out for you guys. Uh, you, Carmela, Addy, Tipster, you haven't really done live venue trivia as a profession before. I know Addy has dipped his toe into it as as he talked about, but uh, this feels like a very twenty first century kind of evolution of the concept of a pub quiz going in the non-live routes, especially this year, especially this god-awful year. So do you do you in any way have like a strong opinion about if this is just the natural next step in the context of quizzing? I certainly think so. Um, I, I said it earlier that I didn't really do a lot of pub quiz. I didn't, didn't do it as a player as much. Uh, I've never hosted a live game. And it wasn't until... Uh, I knew I knew a guy who started uh, streaming on Twitch, and I started going to his games. It wasn't it wasn't until that point. Um, I'm talking about Jason, everybody. <laughs> it wasn't until Jason, you started streaming on Twitch that you know I actually started participating in in trivia games, and that wouldn't be possible because you live in Chicago and I live in Jacksonville, and I this is the only way I could be able to go to your specific game. Um, same thing with Erin's games, you know, she's states away and I feel, I feel more comfortable 
as a player uh, playing at home than I do going out to a bar and, you know, having to coordinate with a bunch of people saying, okay, we're going to play on Tuesday at seven, you know, you got to go drop off your kids. You got to go do this. You got to do this. Whereas, you know, if it's on Twitch, I can just like, all right, cool. Uh, Jason's game starts in an hour. I'm just going to make sure I eat dinner and then I can sit down on the couch and talk to you on my phone. And, there you I go. and you've got the great. mud mask on and the curlers <laughs> and the slippers on. It's so comfortable, isn't it? it it's so great. And um, and even you, because I've had, I, so as Addy, I've had the opportunity to come and host one of your shows. Um, and that's, you know, not a thing that I would be able to do normally. I don't know a lot of the the trivia hosts locally. I know a couple of them, um, but I don't know very many of them and wouldn't actually be able to do that in most cases. So um, I, I kind of to pick up on a point um, that non-pub trivia isn't really a new thing. It's just that it's more widely available now. Um, so, for instance, um, we used to have TV shows like Come and Have a Go If You Think You're Smart Enough and things like that that got people involved in inter interactive trivia at home. And, you know, more, more, more and more game shows these days are having play along at home kind of apps and things like that. So it's nothing new, but it's because it's more widely available now that I think that it's more prevalent. Like, you know, me, a humble British person who has absolutely no TV credentials whatsoever or an entire production team can go out and host a quiz online um, to uh, an audience of tens uh, <laughs> of people. I dare say um, almost dozens. Almost dozens. Um, so it's it's been around for a while. It's just that the accessibility is there and there's a wider variety and people are now more aware of it, um, I feel. so. And trivia is kind of going in that direction. I've seen pubs kind of going that direction during COVID as well. Um uh, my local um, has a weekly pub quiz game run by um, one of the biggest pub quiz um, companies in the UK. And said pub quiz company has gone online to do that. Um, whether or not they continue that after everything kind of gets back to some modicum of formality, who knows? Um, uh, that's but... the, that company is actually still doing live quizzes. I know the co I assume the company you're referring to is Red Tooth. That's the one. <laughs> I know the owners of Red Tooth. The one the quizzes that I do live um, actually does Red Tooth quizzes live, and that quiz is up and running, functioning again in a pub. Really? Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay. They are still, with the they current are, restrictions. They are, oh my uh, goodness! They are doing at least one in Carlisle. They are still set. They are still Red Tooth are still sending out their quizzes in addition to doing them online. Uh, okay. Red Tooth is the company that first did the the kind of alphabet um, round format that um, that I took. I think that that um, the the tips was right that you that the online streaming it, that it's I suppose it's part of the general globalization thing that people aren't restricted to their their, their normal geographical area that mm. you know the internet just allows that that I mean like from my point of view my quizzes you know it's it's the same quiz as you it, it, you know as you could get in the pub but you know going but being getting a group of people all in the same place at this at, in a specific place at a specific time isn't easy so you know if you can give that to people without you know take away that restriction let them do it at two in the morning in the middle of nowhere you know then the then why not the, the why not do it and i suppose you know the traditional providers 
you know, as you say, you know, as Tip said, you know, like the Red Tooth are adapted to that. They're doing online quizzes, and some will do that, and some will come with it, and others won't. And uh, you know, because because quizzing is intrinsically connected to the pubs, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Quizzing can exist out with the pub. Pub quizzes don't necessarily need pubs. And thank God for that right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can do you can do that. You know, I I really like what you said about the the globalization and things not being restricted to your area anymore. But that has to be both a strength and a weakness. I know that when I'm out hosting in a bar, random people from that neighborhood have a chance of just stopping by. You know, people that live there, they're bored. They say, hey, let's go down to the bar, see what's going on. They find out it's trivia. Bam, I've got a new player. You don't have that in email or Twitch or podcasting. Uh, not in the sense that, you know, those built-in locals that have easy mm -hmm. access and are going to be reliably available. Yeah, they're definitely... There definitely has to be a level of opting in to even stumbling yeah. across something like a Twitch stream or a podcast. So with that in mind, how are you reaching out? How are you attracting those attractive players that you will later monetize? Uh, <laughs> and how are you keeping them in when they've got an entire world of trivia to play, to enjoy, to, to check out? How are you getting them? How are you keeping them? So um, from my standpoint, a lot of what I do in terms of bringing players in is either through word of mouth or through kind of um, uh, other streamers who have played my game shouting me out. Um, and I kind of return the favor. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I So part of what I do every Monday, I put out this thing called The Week in Quiz, which is a highlights package of what's coming up in the world of trivia on Twitch that week. And um, the idea behind that is to get people who are either A, not on Twitch, or B, already kind of interested in other areas of Twitch into that trivia space. Um the uh the kind of thing that um i put in there like it's it's a case of i will go to someone's stream and go uh that is you know a good stream i will uh definitely put that in um and yeah that's kind of where my kind of promotion comes from is from other people in that space I, I've run into a bit of a problem that you you touched on there, and I, I was having a conversation with a longtime friend of mine the other night, and it was to solve the question, how do I continue to grow this channel? And he was looking at the situation purely from the context of me being a Twitch streamer. So his solutions were, you know, continue raiding into random channels and, and making connections with people and, you know, do a very set schedule of four to six hour streams. And my thoughts were, no. I'm not doing a four to six hour trivia stream because nobody will stick around for that whole thing. And he said, nobody sticks around the entire time for four to six hour streams on Twitch anyway. And I'm like, I know that because you don't have to start at the start and end at the end if you're just watching somebody play Dark Souls. Right. So it's a different animal entirely. So the question ultimately becomes, how do we, I guess, Corey and, and Tipster specifically, how do we attract people who are already fans of trivia and the things that we do 
to a platform that they don't necessarily know exists and that they're not necessarily familiar with? And how do we bring them to us without relying on Twitch to organically grow that uh, attraction? That, I think, is really the million-dollar question. Um, answers yeah. on the back of a postcard, please. Um, <laughs> I tend to rely on people just talking to their friends, bringing them into a team one week or something like that, um, because the thing is that they will then um, be able to explain to them how it works. If you have someone who is their friend there, they can be that tech support when you really kind of can't because you're running this big event for a bunch of people. Um so that's I'm very much relying on word of mouth at the minute um, in that regard. For me personally, I have not aggressively gone after a large audience. Um, I went fairly heavy locally trying to get the people in my area uh that obviously aren't able to play trivia because of lockdown, because of the pandemic, uh, but especially the ones that weren't going to my shows, you know, the ones that were going to my competitors and now have no trivia. I'm trying to scoop them in, get them to my Twitch, check out my trivia so that when things do open back up, then I'll be on their mind and they'll want to stick with me. Uh, from there, I've had some larger uh national and international growth basically from what's already been said uh especially from jason who goes out there and supports everybody which i i don't know how he has the time to do it with you know 14 streams i learned a week it by watching you he's dad he's really three different people he's just fooling all of us yeah i'm just in one tiny in one trench coat, in one trench coat. <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's yeah it, that's i i gave up early on uh, with the idea of, or gave up on the idea of trying to be like this big, famous Twitch trivia streamer. I'm looking at it as a way to benefit my local business. If something strictly online comes of it, I'm very happy for that. I do have plans to continue doing like gaming streams and, and some other non-trivia related stuff on Twitch uh, with the occasional maybe once a week trivia game. But yeah, I just decided that I need to focus local and it's taken some of the stress off, but obviously it's uh, hindered the growth too. So in terms for my part, in terms of sort of, of reaching out, I mean, my first player essentially came from Trivia Warfare because before I sort of set up my own page, etc., I was just it was sort of advertising my games just win the Trivial Warfare Army page, which is very nice. Um, you know, so Jonathan to allow me to do that. Uh, so after this kind of been, it's just kind of word of mouth, really. Um, I mean, I've got players from like seven or eight countries, um, including, you know, people who's, you know, for whom I've got a, a couple of Dutch teams, you know, English isn't even their first language and they're still playing along, um, which is fantastic. Um, in terms of monetization, I'm not really doing, making any money from this. So because my quizzes are free to play completely, I'm essentially spending 20, 30 hours writing a quiz for free. Uh, I'm not actually uh, getting any money off this. I do technically have a Patreon, but honestly, I haven't really done much with it because I'm not really too sure what I can offer besides, you know, writing more quizzes, which I don't really have time um, to do. So I'm still kind of working on um, on that. So at the moment, I'm not really monetizing anyway. And I, it's, it's, a, it's a pure uh, labor of love, essentially. I mean, I work full time. 
and essentially it's an, a second full-time job uh, on top of my normal full-time job, but one that I'm just doing uh, for the love of it rather than money. Um, so the the attracting people with podcasts is a bit different. Um, for one thing, something that we don't run into that the that tipster and Corey and uh, Jason would run into is we're not really limited. People aren't really limited by their time zone. So like Corey, you're on Pacific time. Your game would start after Jason's and for by the time that happens, it's about almost midnight where I live. And I'm, I'm just not awake enough to go check out your show, which sucks because I do want to check it out. But I'm like, I we need like a day where I don't have to go do anything the next day or have to get up and go to work. Um, yeah. So there, I mean, there is some restriction for you guys that way that I think it's, it makes it a little bit more difficult than it would be for a podcast because um, the way I've explained podcasts to people who don't necessarily know what podcasts are, uh, like my no-no, uh, is it's radio on demand so you can just kind of pick it up whenever you want to we've been going for you know we're coming up on six years and we have grown a lot which is awesome um but the way that we've managed to grow recently is we have that that core group of people with the trivial warfare army and they will bring other people in you know people that they've known that um you know they've played quizzes with or you know they haven't been able to go hang out with their trivia teams so they're like hey you know if you need to fill in a gap here's a show that you can listen to which is awesome um and for monetization we, you know there's different there's different um tracks that you can do to monetize a podcast there's advertisements we do some of that we also have a patreon and um with our specific patreon the ability to come onto the show and record with us is linked to our Patreon tiers. So if you, and that was something that we learned early on is that people would like to come onto the show and that's how Jonathan built the business model is, is he connected those two things together, which has, um, has worked. It, it's, it's, it has been beneficial. It worked is probably not the right word. It's been beneficial. It allows people to come onto the show, but it also doesn't overwhelm us with having so many people that we have to try and schedule in and we would feel bad if we couldn't get to a person, you know? Mm -hmm. And cause that's, that, that's that balance that we have to strike. We have to go, yes, we want, we, we want you to come on the show. Absolutely. I want you to be on the show. I mean, I would be the first person to tell you that, but we also have to be like, how do we make it fair? And how do we not overload ourselves in making sure that things get scheduled and everything is distributed fairly? Um, because you know we have we have built this little community that we love very much, and we we don't want to uh, try and hurt them in any way. Yeah, it is intrinsically kind of a finite resource for you to have to distribute, and you want to do the best that you can. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you considered doing a Twitch stream? Actually, um, I think I think we have, um, and it's something that I need to talk more to Jonathan about, um, because I have a uh, I, I had a little bit of practice, and it wasn't so bad. <laughs> I did, I wasn't running any of the buttons. Don't get me wrong, but um, actually talking to uh, a, a little text chat wasn't so bad and it's something i'd have to get used to because normally i just have to talk to like four people and that's okay mm -hmm. uh but you know it's a little bit different when i have to talk to a lot of people uh i'm i'm quite shy believe it or not <laughs> i choose to disbelieve it <laughs> 
you and me both, Carmela. I am I am like chronically insecure. I'm like the the least confident person uh, you could actually meet, which you can choose or not to believe, but it is true. I want to go back to something Carmela said here. Uh, you were talking about finite resources. Uh, mm -hmm. One of those finite resources is time. Well, I guess yes. that depends on how you subscribe to the idea of time, but we won't get into that because we are running out of time. We are out of time for this uh, this roundtable discussion. So I want to thank you all for joining us on that. Uh, just go away now. Jason and I got the rest of this. Okay. Well, bye. See ya. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to put them. <laughs> Corey, I want to put them you... to work. I want to put them oh, to yeah. work no, very, we very badly. Uh, well, we are going to put them to work because it is time for the keyword challenge. Uh, every episode we do a keyword challenge. In the keyword challenge, we are presented with a random word from one of our listeners. And uh, we're all going to have 10 minutes to write the best trivia question that we can using that keyword. This week's keyword challenge comes to us from Tamara O'Brien in Philadelphia. Uh, for those of you that are exotic, as Jason would say, Philadelphia is a city here in the U.S. It's it's a pretty big one. It actually played like a really important role in our history. There's like a bell and shit. There was a movie about it. Good cream cheese. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> if you like cheesecake, then you love Philadelphia. Oh, and cheese steaks. Fucking hell, they've got all the good stuff. Philadelphia is exclusively cheese-based at this point. One, right? One thing, though, that they're not particularly known for would be Gaelic languages. But that's what we are going to be writing questions about today. Uh, our keyword today is Gaelic. No pressure here on the guy <laughs> who takes 40 minutes to write a question. And <laughs> Theoretically, you, <laughs> you've got ten faster. minutes. At least, at least you one and not a hundred. You know, true. And at least you should have a connection to this keyword, <laughs> right? Can't you see Gaelic from your house or whatever? I, I don't I, know. I, how I, I, see Gaelic? <laughs> there is more to Scotland than just the than just the Walter Scott Highland stuff. I am a Lowlander. Uh, I, 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 oh. I, there were, were none of these sort of. Uh, stereotypical shortbread tin Scottish traditions existed. So does that mean uh, that you've got like when. so you have like the shitty scotch? I, I don't drink I, I don't drink that's, at all that's, and that's, I think Well if all I had drink. was Lowland then I wouldn't drink it well, either. That makes sense. I'm essentially considered <laughs> I mean I go up north and my accent is considered to be English. Uh, I don't think any of you would think this is an English accent but go up where they actually speak Gaelic, and that's pretty much what they would call it. All right. Well, do y'all have any questions before we go do this? I'm hoping Ten. to have one when we come back from it. And Ten that's the minutes. Best right. I can give you. That is the goal. Okay. All right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go write our questions. Y'all are going to listen to some porn music and uh, Jason's sexy voice. I think it's that's what he's going for there. Prince and Will is gonna yell at me if we keep calling it porn music. But it's also <laughs> porn music, let's be exactly. honest. Exactly. All right, enjoy we'll that. We'll see you shortly. <laughs> hey, everyone. Jason here. 
While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you, you can check us out online at QuadriviaPod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. We have taken 10 minutes here to write our questions, and I'm going to start us off with mine. To write this question, I decided to go to the Wikipedia list of notable Scottish Gaelic-speaking people, and I was surprised to find out how few people there were on that list. But I did recognize the name of Tommy Flanagan, a Scottish actor who is well known for his facial scars, a result of a knife attack after he DJed at a nightclub. Tommy has been in Gladiator, Braveheart, and Guardians of the Galaxy, but he may be best known for his role as Chibs in which FX television drama? Yeah, so on this one, your guess is going to be as good as mine because, unfortunately, FX is not something that um, we get over here in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah way, way to make this American-centric, Corey. Yeah, I understand that. However, I know that this show does have an international reach okay. uh, through things like Netflix and stuff. Oh, right. Okay. So when Tipster's question inevitably has to do with like Lord Farthing Worthington shit, right? <laughs> you, can, so, you can totally criticize me for yeah. that. So the, the um, FX part is a, a clue for Americans playing along, but right. I'm hoping that just through Chips. the rest of it. Yeah. Oh my God, that name rings a bell though. And for some reason. Can I, you picture the actor? Are you familiar with Tommy Flanagan? Vaguely, vaguely. Um, oh, He's got God. a Glasgow smile. Ah, that guy. Yeah, Does he? I have. Mm-hmm. I have a guess that's no worse than any other guess that anybody's going to have on this. Carmela, you felt like you had some thunder on this, though. So do you? Wanna I do. So um, let's have Jason answer, and you can correct him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so FX to me for shows that I haven't watched is either Damages or Sons of Anarchy, and this does not sound like a Damages thing. So my guess would be Sons of Anarchy. It is Sons of Anarchy. Yay! I did that's the right. thing. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> that my, it is. My mom has a crush on him, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I know who that is. <laughs> he actually, I do really like him, both his his character and the actor. I um, um I watched, I watched the first season and a half of uh, Sons of Anarchy. I had to stop in in the second season just because of the subjects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show wasn't bad. It's just I couldn't deal with some of the subject matter. But I did like him as an actor and as a character in that show. I'm actually yeah. trying to picture him in the things I would have seen him in, like Gladiator and Braveheart mm. and Guardians. Who was he in Guardians? Because I'm not actually. I do. I yeah. needed to uh, clarify that he was actually in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Electric. Oh, okay. Down, uh, but he was. Oh, he was one of the. Zin. Was he one of the Ravagers? Yes. Okay. But that's what those uh, the that scar, that that scar is called. It's called a Glasgow smile. Um, and it's, you know, it's a really horrible thing to do to somebody. Yeah. And and weirdly, because my life is weird. That's the second time this week I've come across the term Glasgow smile in researching. I don't even remember what the first one was, but I stumbled across looking up Glasgow smile the other day and I don't remember Uh. why. Uh, let's criticize the hell out of his question. (laughs) Um, I actually, I think that's, I mean, it's a, 
now granted if you've ever listened to any of my questions they do get a bit wordy um and you know i think probably for a regular quiz format he wouldn't have that whole first part in there anyway yeah no, no, no. <laughs> yeah that no, we, the we entire... definitely take uh latitude the first mm. sentence would be removed and i just reword uh the the intro but yeah so it would drop it down quite a bit starting from the words tommy flanagan i suppose yeah yeah uh i mean you've got a lot of ins there you've got a lot of ways of picturing the person which is good um yeah. and it's a wide range of things from you know stuff from the 90s the noughties the 10s um uh it's just that FX television drama was what off put me because ah it's <laughs> that means nothing to me as a British person. Right. So and that's it, what like I said, it for so, me. So I'm, so I'm trying to I'm trying to pin it on the character name there. So um, what I was going for there was hoping that uh with the description of his his scars yeah. uh and the other movies he's in, like you said, picturing the actor, I wanted people to picture him because I I didn't know his name before looking this up. Okay. Um, but if I had read this question, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I know that dude. Like, I'd recognize him instantly, and I'd be like, oh, he's that guy that was in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, which is also why I made that the answer, as opposed to his name or something else. Um, but yeah, like I said, FX didn't really need to be in there. I uh, just threw yeah. it in there as a little okay. bit of extra information, but I did want to clarify that I was looking for a TV show, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think the question's great. the 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 whole part at the end, um, I probably wouldn't have remembered him in Gladiator or in Braveheart. I haven't seen Gardens of the Galaxy two, so the the FX drama part is what clinched it for me, and I think that speaks well um, because there's several different ends for several different kinds of people. So I think this question's great. Yeah, yeah it I works. think it's a, a- I think it's a, it's a really good question. It starts off essentially as almost like a movie tribond, you know. So the character, you know, because um, yeah. you, you're because you're thinking about about sort of a face who's been in each of those three films, and then trying to place that uh, place that face in something else. I mean, it's it's a it's a major TV show ran for a long time, and it is on Netflix in the UK, uh, so it's it's certainly it's recognisable here. Yeah. And those are big name. You know, those are epic, you know, Oscar-winning films, really well, well-known well films. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. And looking at his list of credentials, um, he's been in all of the major Scottish shows. You know, he's in Rabsi Nesbitt. You know, he's in all those sort of um, sort of shows. So he's a recognisable face. And I, I, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, well-written question. And it's perfectly gettable if you know the pop culture no, the point of this exercise guys was to make cory feel bad about this oh. so that he wouldn't win another damn keyword jason you just say but this like i don't dominate the keyword challenge i have won on weeks that i wasn't on the show yeah. <laughs> because people keep putting you in as a writing candidate although mind you it's hard for us to tell that you've won because the results are never brought up well, we might have some information about that later on. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use Twitter, so... Oh, you won't need to for this. Nope. I live on In fact, Twitter. it'll be something that you are more familiar with. Ooh. Uh, anyway, it was a good question. Um, to the to the point it. that Addy and Tipster made, doesn't play as well to an international audience, but that's the only real criticism that I would have. So, uh, C+. 
Well, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let's throw it over to uh, Addy. Addy, what do you have for us? Oh, it's the Scottish one, and I am not at all confident about this. This is I'm not particularly happy with this question. I'll just say that from the off. Um, language learning app Duolingo expanded in 2019 into which language, which has, per the latest census, around 58,000 native speakers, most non-native of whom are located in a province of Canada named for its country of origin. The app's famously murderous owl mascot has somehow convinced eight times that number to sign up to learn it. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're not happy with this question, because I really yeah, like this one. I do, too. You have so many distinct ins. You have some comedy in there. I mean, I don't know how gettable this would be thrown into just a general knowledge round outside of the fact that we know for obvious reasons the answer has to be gaelic here well yeah. not or necessarily. it could be more specific than that that is a fair I, I point it, as carmela was about i think to it is to, more think. specific uh because i am a user of duolingo and in 2015 i actually pulled up a screenshot of a sentence i learned in irish gaelic uh because it was such a ridiculous sentence and the only well. thing i can remember how to pronounce is naposhti which means the children Ooh. now what um, i would it's... say about that is that the, the, <laughs> is that that's kind of where the canada thing is there mm -hmm. is not to my knowledge a province of canada named for ireland no no i understand i'm not so... criticizing your oh, question yeah, 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 I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that it might be more specific than just gaelic because yeah. there's mm -hmm. irish gaelic which i know that they released in 2015 so this is probably Scots Gaelic and the province is probably Nova Scotia. And I would probably leave it to the quizmaster's discretion somewhat, you know, as to, you know, it's 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 kind of a discretionary thing whether you'd accept Gaelic where you'd force Scots Gaelic or accept Gaelic. You could, I could kind of see you going either way on that. See, Addie, what you need is a system wherein people can submit a vaguer answer and you can just request a clarification. You mean yeah. like Trivnow? I I may or may not mean like Trivnow. That has been the Boon of my uh, summer, Shout for out sure. Shout out to Triv now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sal. Uh, but yeah, Addy, I think we figured it out as, as a team effort. You want to go ahead and uh, lock down the answer so we know that Carmella yeah. was right and I'm writing her coattails? It is Gaelic. And well, Scots Ga specifically Scots Gaelic. Nice work, Carmella. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it helps that I've, you know, I got a wild hair one day and it's like, I'm going to learn Irish. It is the hardest language I've ever tried to learn. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is the the way that the sentence structure works is like verb first, then the subject, and then the object. <laughs> that sounds a lot like German, actually. Wait, uh, no, German, no, German not, questions, excuse me, not German, German uh, questions sentences. Yeah. That way. But German and English have fairly similar sentence structures because um, I've, I've been learning German for, for a long time that's um, why i took it in high school it sounded like the laziest way to get a language grade <laughs> it was the easiest one to get into in high school mm -hmm. that's why i took it because <laughs> the spanish classes were always full and french was you know the next one in line and then german i was like well i can get into german pretty easily so that's why i took german in high school see they call french the language of romance but i would pay money to hear you just talk german to me carmela <laughs> in that silky smooth <laughs> podcast voice that you have I i'll keep that in mind <laughs> I'm just saying for the for the uh, trivial warfare army only fans account. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta monetize those attractive players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh heck. Uh, I think it's a really solid yeah. question. I don't have any additional notes. It plays well internationally, which is forty percent of what this episode is about right now. So, Addy, good work. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, you know, I think it was solid. you even 
I do too. You even said it was, you know, up to host discretion how specific you want them to get. So if you wanted to be a stickler, you could. And if you did want to be a little easier, which I imagine you would be, you can do that. So. All right. So I guess that brings us to me. And I went a, an interesting direction that I don't think I've really ever gone before on this. But I was trying to find a way to get an in that worked with our keyword. And I, I putzed around a couple minutes finding, you know, Wikipedia entries and, you know, searching for phrases that include the word. And then eventually I went to a particular website that gave me all the information I decided to hobble and cobble together into this question. So here's mine. What three word rhyming phrase would best describe an old and possibly outdated artwork from the 13th century fashioned out of small pieces of glass assembled to show a caber wielding member of a clan in plaid trousers drinking whiskey next to a cairn in a bog? Blimey neck. <laughs> a lot to take in. I think I would need to hear that again, or um, please. Oh yeah, it would absolutely be a question that I would present visually. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give a reread for the listeners. You guys can see it during or in our uh, our notes section. But what three word rhyming phrase would best describe an old and possibly outdated artwork from the 13th century, fashioned out of small pieces of glass, assembled? to show a caber-wielding member of a clan in plaid trousers drinking whiskey next to a cairn in a bog. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this wouldn't this isn't like a common phrase, is it? Oh goodness, no. This is just no, three we're, words we're that rhyme that are three words that all rhyme that fit this. That I Frankensteined in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I think I figured it out. Like I I just took the stuff individually and I was like I've never heard this before. I mean, so the good news is with a question like this, if like you I can have pin down one of the words, it really narrows the scope of the other two. Well, I have a feeling one well. of the words is probably Gaelic. Yeah, and yeah. that's when I'm <laughs> having trouble fitting into this. But not knowing that, I'm having ish. Like, if I was working on this question not knowing that, I don't know how I'd, how I'd work with this. Oh, my so, goodness. I started, the first thing that I got, obviously I recognized that Gaelic wasn't in there, which... You know, it's it's hard not to think mm. about that as we're hosting here. Oh, you um, guys pronounce but... that differently. <laughs> oh, um, damn it! Is that a thing? Okay. Uh, but Gaelic the first thing and... I looked at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Gaelic and uh, mosaic, and you say mosaic, so it's kind of a half rhyme for us. And no, we say mosaic. Oh right, okay. But that's yeah, that's what I was gonna touch on. That was the first thing I grabbed was the small pieces of glass assembled. Uh, to show art. I was like, well, that's a mosaic, and we've got Gaelic. And since you said rhyming phrase and you're talking about old, pre-13th century, uh, I was able to to get archaic from that. Uh, So I I believe it would be an archaic Gaelic mosaic. It very much would. Good job, Corey. Would you also accept relic? I wouldn't in as much as that is, at least in most of the U.S., not a pure rhyme for Gaelic okay. and Mosaic. Okay. What, are we getting into rhymes? Is, 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 this a, is this a Barry Berry thing again? It might be. So <laughs> You know, I have you know, a feeling <laughs> if Addy said archaic Gaelic relic, I feel like it might rhyme. Yeah, but Addy can say pretty much anything and make it rhyme because it's all yeah, cheap and but... threats coming out of his voice. <laughs> I mean, the thing, I mean, like, in the... Because, like, Barry and Barry in a British accent very much do not 
rhyme. But I, but I fully agree that that answer should have been accepted on Jeopardy. So. Oh, yeah, no, that's valid. Uh, I did not think of the internationalization on this one, and I should have. But uh, to walk you guys through the process, so old mm. and possibly outdated is kind of dictionarily what archaic means. I pinned it down to the 13th century because that was the origin of Scotch Gaelic as its own distinct language. Oh. So I wanted to have a pin in there to be sure I wasn't saying something that's just factually wrong. Uh, small pieces of glass obviously gets you to mosaic. And the words caber, clan, plaid, trousers, whiskey, cairn, and bog are all English loan words from Scotch Gaelic. Mm. Cool. Did not know that, but that's really, that uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you know what whiskey actually uh, comes from? I will, has... I will stop you right there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tips are bringing before, the heat on this one. Like, before, no. <laughs> before, you, before you say anything, <laughs> because um, I should probably jump in with my question before you reveal anything that might give the answer away. Um, because, <laughs> uh, or do we want, actually, no. No, no clever want... boy, do go, it. Go yeah. for it. Okay, so whiskey is derived from the Gaelic form and vodka is derived from the Slavic form of what two-word Latin phrase for distilled alcohol? Oh. Yeah, I've got thunder on this. I I, I know what it is. I, I imagine that you do, all things considered. Let me yeah, parse yeah, this considering for that you almost gave it away before you even knew it was a question. Um, <laughs> is water I... one of the two words, Addy? <laughs> uh I don't no, think it is, it is in that form. But water okay. is not a Latin word. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So there, I do know from, you know, hosting trivia for many years, uh, whiskey is the water of life, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's right, yeah. And, and I know so that... we're looking for the Latin uh, translation of water of life. And I know yeah. that vodka, uh, in the same way, it's the diminutive form of water. It basically translates to little water. Right. So exactly. So it's gonna be aqua vita. Yeah. Are you yeah, up on vita. your Latin? Because that's that absolutely yeah, is right. Yeah, vita would be life. Aqua would be water. Yeah, yeah. aqua vitae, aqua vita. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. Aqua vitae. Um, Aquafina. Got it. <laughs> Aquafina. Oh my goodness. No, please uh, no. Aqua net. I like aqua that. Bass. It, what? <laughs> it was nice and and succinct. Got right to the point, but it was definitely gettable with what you've got there. I'm trying to figure out what Barbie Girl would mean in Latin now so I can make an Aqua Vitae oh, Barbie God. Girl reference. Oh, no. Please, no. Oh, I, I will be right back. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, while he's doing that, uh, Carmela, we've got you up next. Yep. But. But. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you just uh, uh, shortly here. Going back to... Oh, who was it? Uh, Addy, the Duolingo question. Mm. Yeah. New Brunswick was originally named New Ireland. Ooh. And that's so, so uh, like I said, this is very confusing because there's a lot of pages and a lot of history that I'm trying to parse in a super quick period here. But uh, it looks like also Maine was called New Ireland. And, you know, it was... Uh, Maine is Given not a Canadian back. province. No, I know, I know. But it was, uh, the British ceded it back to the U.S. Um, but yeah, there's just the fact that there was a new Ireland temporarily in Canada 
Uh, we, we were talking about the provinces. Hey, hey, Eddie, I got your back on this. You ready? Just put oh the word currently God. in your question. You're fine. I know I was just a fun fact. All right. Speaking <laughs> of fun facts, do you know what, according to Google Translate, the Latin expression for Barbie girl is? Oh, no. Aquarius it... Puele. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Carmela, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, um, I was I was sure that you know, with a word like Gaelic, languages would probably be the forefront of what people would want to write about. So I looked on a list of different things associated with Gaelic and found this. The RMS Gaelic was an ocean liner built by White Star Line in 1885 and brought the first Korean immigrants to the U.S. in the early 1900s. It was scrapped in 1907, five years before its famous sister sank in the Atlantic Ocean. What was the name of that ship? What was the year in that question again? Oh, right, okay. It was scrapped uh, in 1907. So 1912 would be the the famous sister year. And part of me wants to say Titanic. I, there are two big Pavlovs in here that gets you to that. Yeah. Absolutely. White Star Line and 1912. Yeah. That it is and has to and can only be the Titanic, I think. Absolutely. All right, it is the RMS Titanic. That's Ooh, what right. we scored a thousand points, or however trivial warfare works now. <laughs> That's number Weird. one. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh, good question. I would put it earlier in a quiz. Yeah, um, this would is be my only feedback. One. This is yeah. It's it's a. Ooh, are you ready for this, Carmela? Yeah. Uh -oh. It's a warm it up, Chris style question. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing I remember. Yeah, one job. of the. One of the downsides to my uh, hosting style is I would ask this question and my players would get it wrong because they would assume that I'm just trying to trick them. That I'll be like, oh. well, we thought it was Titanic, but then but you're, we... you try to mess with us. I'm like, no, I was just giving you one that you could get for once, but I, whatever. I, no, that's true. I think it's easy <laughs> enough for maybe not quite super skilled trivia players to mm. get. Uh, but it still has those things like, okay, White Star Line and 1912. Mm. Um, and also, it, I thought it was an interesting thing that there was a ship called the RMS Gaelic that brought the first Korean people to immigrate to the United States. I, thought that is, I honestly is. didn't know that. I mean, when yeah. I think of the sisters of the Titanic, I think of, um, of the Britannic and the Olympic. Right, yeah. um, the, the Olympic line. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't familiar actually with its. Um, well, yeah, because yeah, the, the, the three ships, you know, yeah, Britannic, Tit Britannic Titanic, Olympic. Um, didn't, yeah. Wasn't did one of the, them sink yeah. in the same place as the Titanic it did, as well? Yeah. No uh, kidding. Yeah. I knew one of them one sunk. Of the, yeah, I didn't know one of them survived. Place. Yeah, I think it was the. Was it the Olympic? No. I get mixed the, up the Britannic. I always get them mixed up. It was the Britannic or the Olympic that sank. The only reason I say that, by the way, Jason, is because I was listening to the last last podcast <laughs> whilst prepping for this one. <laughs> You're very, sank. very sweet. Do you hear that, Corey? Our, our listenership has tripled because of our guests today. <laughs> I of of those three am liners, so happy. Um, the Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic, only the Olympic made it to retirement. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting to note that in this question, uh, I already forgot which one of you said it. I, I, think, uh, I think it was Addy. 
I had no idea that the RMS Gaelic existed. That was not something that I was aware of, mm. but I was still <laughs> able to get right to Titanic through uh, the the ins that you provided there. So yeah, that was solid. Oh, it very yeah, much and, was. Oh, uh, one of our small point in this: one person, one woman, was actually on board all three of those ships: the Titanic, what? the Britannic, and the Olympic. What? She that survived. would be the unsinkable Molly Brown. <laughs> she, yeah, uh, Violet Jessup. Uh, she, she. Well, she was on all. The RMS Olympic didn't sink, but it did crash into another ship. Right. And she was on board all three of them at a the time. Yeah. Oh, blooming heck. And Jesus. She died in 1971, having survived two sinkings and a crash of ships under the same, from the same, uh, the same umbrella. <gasps> you have Today to wonder learned, if she's, yeah. you have to wonder if she's like super lucky or super, super unlucky. unlucky. <laughs> like the guy who way, survived honestly. both. Like the guy who survived the two atomic bombs. Yes, the guy who went. He like after Hiroshima, he traveled to like visit family in Nagasaki. Oh my gosh! Oh man! All right, keyword challenge. This always brings out some fun conversation. I like it. Yeah, so does the whiskey. I love it. (laughs) Know that too. (laughs) Speaking of which, cheers. Cheers. Hold on. Uh, I'll get you fully for the jug. There you go. But listeners, if you would like to weigh in and vote for your favorite question of the five of these, make sure you do that at quadriviapodcast.com. The poll will be up on the homepage released simultaneously with this episode, probably at four in the morning. Right, Corey? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Actually, I got it up pretty early this week. I was pretty happy with myself. And as we move away from the keyword challenge, Addy. Hi. Yes. Hi. Ask me some questions. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, ten questions for you all. Now I mentioned earlier in the show that I my rounds and questions can be quite esoteric, kind of have a bit of fun with them. So I've got for you today effectively a sort of grab bag. I've got uh, ten different questions, each from a different round uh, that I did. Usually the sort of uh, fun rounds. So it's all Ooh, pretty okay. straightforward. The questions aren't necessarily the hardest, but. This should be pretty fun, and I've got a couple of stories behind uh, a couple of them. So I'll start with uh, question one, which is from a round called Two Clues, One Answer. So one word uh, connects both of the following. Uh, A 1998 film starring Bruce Willis and a battle that has yet to be fought on the fields of Megiddo. Okay. I'm, I'm picturing a thing on this. I'm not quite there, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'll get there. This is obviously the Battle of the Sixth Sense. That's the one. Points of War. Okay. (laughs) The Battle of Die Hard. That wasn't 1998. It's the Battle of Die Hard with a Vengeance. Obviously. You know. Clearly, yeah. Um. All right, so as as to this, uh, the, the name of the fields were Megiddo. And if you yes, look correct, at that, yeah. yeah, and if you look at that, that seems like 80% of a word that is very much a Bruce Willis movie from the late 90s. Oh, yeah. Did it, you know, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> so let me make sure that we uh, yeah. that we that we clear that up. <laughs> oh, just like, let I'm getting close that. to the answer here, but I don't think I'm quite there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to have some kind of deep impact when it hits. No, that was, I think that was a different movie. I think that was the better movie. <laughs> Whoa. I think this, this whole question is expendable. Here. <laughs> so what do you think the answer is? Hudson Hawk. 
Oh, I love that movie. Oh. I know, underrated. Uh, no, I think we can we can unbury this. It's it's Armageddon. It's, it's Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, is, that, is, that is correct. It is Armageddon. If you're playing along at home and you happen to get that question wrong, don't feel too bad. It's not the end of the world. Oh, hold on. Slap. Who who said that Addy could do the uh, trivia round? Oh, who's, we're done. I thought we were done recording that? after that. I thought that was our our hard out. Right there. <laughs> yeah. No socials, no goodbyes, just no. can fucking end it. Yeah, with and, like, and that's the end of the okay. series. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, I have um Did you leave your body cooled off? <laughs> I am so glad that I am not in the same room as you guys because I will be on my way to hospital with severe lacerations from broken glass in my skull right now. <laughs> um, I will freely admit that this question. I didn't actually, uh, somebody else, actually it was uh, Dave Bill, the guy from Red Tooth, used a very similar question to this, um, and I, I I wanted to borrow it, so I came up with the entire round concept just so I could include it, just so I could make that joke at the end, oh my <laughs> and goodness. it brought the house down, but I literally made up the entire round, oh, sort of ten like that. So I had an excuse to ask that question to make that joke. If I had a car, <laughs> you'd hear the engine starting and me leaving. <laughs> <laughs> let's do another. Okay, yeah, please, uh, quite... please, let's get this over. <laughs> They're not all like that. Some of them are probably worse. Um, question, oh, in fact, yeah, one of them is worse. Right, question two. Uh, this was a round that went down really well. It's called Less Exciting Film Titles. Uh, so I basically took a film title and I kind of understated it. So if there's numbers in a title, I reduced it. I made it, um, I, I, I made it less exciting. So what you do is you take this title and you exaggerate it. And it'll, uh, so the, the, the title of the film is, or as I've written it, is Two Engagements and an Unpleasant Stay in Hospital. Oh. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> what is the original <laughs> film title? Unbreakable. Um... <laughs> All right, so we've we've diminutized two engagements and an unpleasant stay in hospital, which is just so beautifully British of you to have put it that way. So all all parts of this are diminished, then, correct? Uh, yes, or as much as as reasonably can be possible. Mm. Uh, I, the uh, word "and" is not necessarily yeah. diminished. I, uh, okay, uh, I've got it. Yeah, I, I've got it. I'm pretty well. sure I I'm, do. Yeah, I hope I've got it. Otherwise, I found an alternative answer. Ooh. I'm curious now, Carmela. How are you feeling on this one? I um, I was actually, <laughs> I don't, I don't know this. Uh, at least it's not coming to me off the top of my head. I was trying to remember the German word for hospital, because uh, it's very long. And uh, I remember it as Krankenhaus, <laughs> which basically oh, means right, sick house. Um, and uh, an ambulance is a Krankenwagen. <laughs> Just huh. you know, <laughs> Christmas with so the Krankenwagens. Got it. Yeah, Krankenwagen. Um, but no, this is this isn't coming to me uh, immediately. So, I do believe it's four weddings and an unpleasant stay in hospital. See, I no. thought it was four engagements and a funeral. Mm, that uh. doesn't. It might be two Klonkenwagens and a Klonkenhaus. I was gonna say. Ooh, I was ooh, gonna I say Armageddon, but you know, um, <laughs> I got it. Two weddings, a funeral, and a pizza place. <laughs> 
Some of and Ryan Reynolds' best early work, I gotta say. Oh, uh, three, three men and a baby? <laughs> you don't have to tell me about Ryan Reynolds, Carmella. I promise you, I stan him. Uh, also, some early Nathan Fillion work. Anyway, Absolutely, continue. yeah. So what's anyway, the answer on this one? <laughs> Notting Hill, there you go. Is, you guys is, are going to do this in every question, aren't you? I mean, if, if you're going to hurt us like this, then yeah, yeah, we are. Is it by any chance four weddings and a funeral? Yes, it is. Oh, uh, that I, sounds I, I, really I, good. Let's go with Tipster's answer. I had a lot it. of fun writing this round. I mean, I think I did like the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think uh, I think I meant the the average, the above average, the below average, and the relatively unattractive. I had a lot of fun <laughs> writing this one. Twelve monkeys becomes you know six marmosets or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that round was was very fun. Uh, round question number three was called rhyme time. So this is simply rhyming phrases. Uh, so it's just it's just two consecutive words which rhyme, and hopefully accent won't be an issue here. I could have walked into this. Um, <laughs> question is a settlement full of harlequins. Oh. A settlement full of harlequins. Oh, uh, okay, I'm there. I think I was overthinking this initially, and that's what took a couple yeah. seconds. This isn't a movie title, right? This is. Uh, no, it's, it's just random. It's just random. Oh, okay. uh, it's, okay. it's two, two words then, yeah. that rhyme in a phrase yeah. that mean a settlement it. full of harlequins. It's a better mm -hmm. version of archaic Gaelic mosaic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it's similar to that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually sure stopped on this one. Oh, really? okay. I yeah, think, I should probably yeah. could say it about my own settlement. <laughs> my, my my brain is not is not able to do the lateral thing at the minute because it as we are recording this it's eleven thirty at night. Uh, <laughs> home stretch tips are hanging there. Yeah, once. home stretch hanging on in there. Um, I am down to my last sip of tea though. Um, yes. Uh, right, should I? Well, should you could I always spoil this could, for the. You could pop what? into town and get some more tea. And while it's, you're in there, you can just kind of clown around. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> and you, you've literally been told both words in the answer, Tipster. Can you, you still not got it? <laughs> Look, it's late. You guys be nice to Tipster, okay? Oh, oh I love Tipster. Tipster's awesome. I... <laughs> oh, Tipster is one of my favorite toys these days. Tipster I love playing awesome. with a Tipster. Yes, the answer is uh, Clown Town. Now, this, the next one actually is a genuinely tough question, sort of. Um, the, the, the round category was answers with added alliterative appeal. And I am not going to nitpick over the definition of alliterative. Okay. Um, nor <laughs> okay. am I going to try and say that word again. It's, it's answers that roughly start with the same letter. I'm not going to get into semantic definitions okay. of alliteration. Uh, so All here's right. a question. In evolutionary biology, two of the four Fs are fleeing and procreation. What are the other two? <laughs> okay. I think I've got it. I think I've got it as well. I've got at least one of them. <laughs> and believe me, I had people in the pub pointing out to me that procreation is, does not begin with a head. Uh, like, look, man, he's talking about I... fucking, all right? <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I give this a shot? Yeah, sure. one of them I'm a little yeah on, but okay. uh, I would I would assume the four Fs are fleeing, fighting, fucking, and either like foraging or feeding. Yeah, that's actually correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, 
I, I thought I had to include this question because I love this question because whenever you see this in sort of like academic textbooks, you see sort of various, you said, describes the four Fs, but blatantly does not use an F word <laughs> for fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so the four it's Fs is procreation. Like fleeing, it's fleeing, feeding, and mating, or procreation, or intercourse. <laughs> so in reality, it's three Fs, a P, and a pizza place. Got it. Yeah, exactly. It's just. I love just tr- seeing academics try to wrap themselves in knots, but it's still known <laughs> as the 4S, because that's by far the easiest way to group those terms. Uh, but yeah, fighting and... Um, uh, fighting, uh, feeding and or foraging and fighting. Very good uh, one. The, the next one is from uh, one of these, one of the missing words rounds I talked about. And this one was uh, amusing business names. Um... Oh. So what it is, I took a punny business name and I removed a word from it. I did give you what the business was. So this one is, so I'm looking for you to fill in the blank here. Carl Oppend blank. And it's a beauty salon. Okay, I've got this. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm there too. too. This yeah. is up my alley. <laughs> this one was actually, this this business is actually in my, t- there was a business yeah, called this in um, my town. I, it's like When I say up my alley, I mean literally up my alley. <laughs> it's up the road. This is um, Yeah, there is one, the one in, in my ear as well. In, um, oh, the beauty salon in Runaway Bride has this name. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's probably one of the most popular beauty salon names, to be fair. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it, it does the trick. Corey, you've been quiet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer, Corey? Let's curl up and die. It is indeed, yeah. Curl oh, I die. thought it was I Hudson answered Hawk. the last one. I thought someone else was going to shout <laughs> it out. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there were a couple other ones on this list that I really liked. There was a fish and chip shop called Frying Nemo. Ooh, there he is. That's rude. There were two more on my list that I... There are two more that that are in my town that I didn't use. There's a car wash in my town called Hands Job. Nice. Um, And... And there's a, there's a valeting there's a valets who are called OCD valeting and their slogan is it's in the detail. Okay. Uh, right. Kid you not, that's on their that's on their premises. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, that's that's like that's that's not cool, guys. I, I have to drive past it all the time. I hate it. Um. The next question six is a before and after but this is before before i really knew what before and afters were but i still had a lot of fun doing this round okay uh i have mildly changed this from the original simply to make it slightly less blindingly obvious um it so this one is michelle williams first band if they were creepy kids who murdered all the adults in their rural farm town oh okay Mm -hmm. okay yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah, there there is a little bit of iffiness here, but not so much that I think it doesn't work for the the format mm-hmm. of it before and the after. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. It's pronunciation, really. Yeah, but there, you might get in... a nudge of pushback at uh, at least at like a live show, but in a proxy mm-hmm. pub quiz via email, yeah, no, this totally. Also, works. this okay, quiz then... was written. This was written in the first instance as well. Yeah. Remind me how this round works, because uh, is it basically like answer smash? Is yes, it's exactly, it's answer smash. It's exactly ah, right, it okay. Um, uh, and for those bro- who, answer smash is sort of, is, there's a, a TV show called Richard Osman's House of Games that does it does these rounds 
and it, they call it answer smash. So that's kind of become the common term in the UK for um, for before and yeah. afters. Oh, okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, that um, it's the same place broken karaoke comes from. Funnily enough. Oh right, well. right. Um, yeah. We could get into that. Actually, we Richard did a couple Osmond episodes the ago. The, uh... We did. You did. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did a whole um, round on those. Mitch, Michelle Williams. I want to say that's Sugar Babes, but it's not. It is not, no. 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 You, you, this is definitely not a UK-based thing. Oh, really? Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. well, I'm like, I'm familiar with Sugar Babes. I get where you're going, but no. Yeah, no, they have like that. 40 different members at one time I just, Yeah, I, I just have a question for you collectively. Corey, can you handle yeah. this? Uh, oh, can no. This. Carmella, can you handle this? <laughs> can you handle this? <laughs> Tipster, can you handle this? Because I don't think you can think handle this. I think you're ready for this jelly. Um, yeah. Um, and have you ever seen uh, any creepy blonde children hanging around? Is it Every Destiny's... time I go upstairs. Oh, my God. Is it? Is it what I think it is? <laughs> it is what it is. I, think, yeah. I think it is, yeah. Is it Destiny's yeah. Child's Play? No, it's no. not. No. But that would, oh, be, but that would be better. No. That, that, you'd, yeah. um, that actually... would actually fit. Yeah, that actually would that be would... better in the circumstances. Yeah. Um, this yeah. would be uh, Destiny's Children of the Corn. Yes, that's oh. right. So, but yeah. Destiny Child's Child Play would children. work way better. Yeah, that, that's actually right. If I was redoing this, then yeah, I would, uh, I would do that. The original version of this question actually just had Beyonce Knowles. Um, right, right. So this was done like several years ago. Uh, and the uh, the people Michelle who were at Williams that pub, is the other one. Okay, yeah, yeah, Kelly but Rowland, not the other other one. Kelly yeah. Rowland, Beyonce Knowles, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right that Charles play would would uh, would work better. I did write this question. This yeah, uh, and I should have actually probably picked a different one from this round. But honestly, yeah. the concept of Destiny's Children of the Corn <laughs> makes me laugh. So, I mean, that's the main idea of this kind of round: is to just smash mm. two things together and make something hilarious. Now, yeah, I, will, exactly. I will level with you. On first blush, I was desperately trying to figure out how the, the woman from Dawson's Creek was a musician. Yeah, that, that happens a lot, too. Confusing the Michelle Williams. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, I went to oh. the uh, the Williams sisters. Oh. I was like, wait, <laughs> they made music? Okay. <laughs> but no, that would be Venus and Serena. That would be Venus and Serena, yes. Very much not. Um, yeah, I, I had the children of the corn right away, but because, as was touched on, the pronunciation, it, it took me a second to get that. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, uh, right, so the next question is actually more, is a bit more serious. It's The round is, um, was called Answers That Have Ceased To Be. Uh, so basically just, just think around about um, dead things in one oh, form. Okay. Okay, um, cool. And this question I like, is... I like the Monty <laughs> Python reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um... <laughs> The question is, in which country is the town of Pripyat, which was permanently abandoned in 1986? I know this. Okay. Now, I do uh, I know this? I think I, I know this. I recognize the name Pripyat from Far Cry. And I'm trying to remember what country it's set in. 1986 I'm... is pinning me down, but I just have to remember the geography on it, right? Yeah, oh 86. Yeah, that's exactly, the... that's exactly the pin. Just oh, am I the only sound? one that knows it's cold? I, the sound of the I could tell you it's... what country it was. It's I've gotten this wrong in Learning League before about what country it is. <laughs> I'm I'm torn between two. I'm pretty sure. Uh, like I said, just I don't have the knowledge outright, but with the year and the name Pripyat, uh, I'm feeling pretty pretty good that it either starts with a U or an R, or mm-hmm. I guess it... no. two U's oh. at the time. No, it's one S. Yeah, it's one U, two S's, and a pizza place. 
I should have actually phrased this. Yeah, I should actually phrase this as in which modern day country. Yeah. Yeah, the word yeah, is I in there does enough lifting, and that's where yeah, I'm storing because it's either Ukraine or Belarus, or it is oh. in Russia. It's the I meant site to put of modern uh, day Chernobyl. Country. It, it's yeah. it's Ukraine. I was it's thinking Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah it's, I I have a feeling I probably caught that and probably changed it on the night, but uh, yeah, it's it's Ukraine. Yeah. Um, it's it's where it's the town outside uh, Chernobyl. So I mean, I just like that to be honest as a history question. You know, if you can think that it, if you can pick the events that in 1986, why it might be abandoned. I think maybe a possible slightly Eastern European I name. Wasn't, I wasn't thinking of Far Cry. I was thinking of Stalker, which would have <laughs> actually pointed me to Ukraine. God yes, damn it. because because oh, I Stalker you were thinking has Fallout. set. No, <laughs> no, Stalker is set, or at least part of it is set at Chernobyl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, now the next one was a fun one. Now this is around inspired by the fact that I actually lost my glasses. My glasses fell out of my pocket and I stopped wearing sunglasses for a couple of days. And I called it the lost round. Now I had a bit of fun with this one because I decided to suggest, so as stupid as it was to lose my glasses, I actually wrote on the sheet, I've misplaced, I appear to have misplaced a question. So question 11, I left blank and I put a note below it saying, oh dear, I'm so clumsy, I've lost the question. This round will have to be at 14. I stuck the missing question in a later round. <laughs> and so, so a complete non, as a complete non-secretary, I said, oh, look, the missing question has turned up. Please answer this question from the previous round, and I'll make this oh round at 16 points. Oh, God, oh, okay. I love That's that fun. as a mechanic. That is... <laughs> It's kind of stupid. Like it's written, it's that... a written quiz, but... <laughs> that point when your quizzes have weaving narrative running through them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, we'll have Michael Bay writing the script. Oh, God. So, and the fact that all the questions related to things that were lost, I think the, I think the one I chose like, was a question about like Atlantis. Uh, so oh. It's like, it's like in, a, in, a, in a completely unrelated round. Um, so this is another uh, round from this, which is also in itself is quite a sarcastic question. Um, so the question is, Always a bridesmaid, only occasionally a bride. Which actress has failed to win 18 of her 21 nominations for the Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress Oscar? Uh, sorry, that, I, I say which actress. I really should mean which actor. It's a gender-neutral term. Uh, it's an old question. I'll no, I, I got, I got what you're saying on that, Addy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which actor uh, has failed to win 18 of her 21 nominations for Best I, Actress? I do know this. Okay. I, I have a very educated guess. I've, I've got several answers that I'm I'm kind of flitting between. Um, you uh, might have to make a choice. Yeah, my Ooh. brain is saying Catherine oh. Jones. <laughs> All right, so Carmela, you just threw me way I... off of my guess, but I am with you now. Oh Wait, what? Okay. no! <laughs> that was a the clue. Fact, the fact <laughs> that you pointed that out that yeah. was a clue locked it in for me. <laughs> Because I just used her in a round oh the night before last. Nice. I I thought it was her, but I'm I'm shocked that she's only won three. Yeah. Is, yeah. I, so wow. is is, right? is bridesmaid and bride actually pointing to some something here, or is it just 
Uh, no, that's just referring to the. That's just the expression. That's just okay. Right, I'm going down the wrong. The I'm, I'm going down the, the wrong rabbit hole here. Tipster is red herring me too. I was locked into him. Like, wait, is that or, Julia yeah. Roberts? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think about if it was someone who was notoriously like married in, multiple times in wedding but... films or something. Honestly, like that. that's actually specifically a Simpsons reference because Patty uh, or Selma. So it's Selma. Um, kind of lament so always the bridesmaid only occasionally the bride <laughs> when she's been married like five times uh tipster <laughs> yeah i i used like i said i used this in a, a round the other night uh and right. it was a it was something that that you brought up earlier where i named three movies uh, and you had to name the the person that was in all of them if right, i told yeah. you two or three movies that uh, she was in would that help you maybe if I said uh, Mamma Mia, Sophie's Choice, and The Deer Hunter? Oh, goodness. Um, right, it's not... Uh, it's not it's Julie Walters. Um, it's, You're right, it's not. It's not Julie Walters. <laughs> Good okay. job. Just write Good. that on your Full answer marks. sheet. Full <laughs> marks. <laughs> I mean, it is technically correct. Yeah. Process of elimination. Right. Let's the go to the next one. Julie Walters. <laughs> I'm just going through everybody in Mamma Mia because that's the only full cast oh, I know. Um, it's oh, the one actress. Is it Anna? Anna? I'm going to butcher her surname. Amanda no, Seyfried. That's okay. No, it isn't. Uh, is it? I don't think oh. she was alive when the Deer Hunter came out. <laughs> yes, I don't think so. I think she's in eighties. Oh heck. This podcast is now just Tipster trying it. to remember Meryl Streep's name. I'm going to put him out of his misery. <laughs> yes, essentially, this is the this is the question in which I said, uh, in which I which Meryl Streep, the three time um, Oscar winning actress, and I point out that she, and I uh, unfairly harangued her for for 18 failed nominations. Uh, very. <laughs> I mean, uh, Oscar nom is still an Oscar nom. I will happily take oh, one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Awards Committee, if you're that... listening, that was all acting just there. I actually knew the answer. <laughs> um, so a nomination would be appreciated. A give nomination a for a Razzie. We'll give you a Razzie for that one. Fine, uh, that's sister. fine. I will, take, I will take whatever I can get. Lower your expectations. Look, I'm you just happy to be on the by... team. You are officially uh, nominated for the first ever Quadrivia Best Actor Award. Yeah. I, I'd like to thank my, uh, my... I said nominated, no acceptance speeches. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you haven't got a chance of winning. Uh, okay. Damn. Okay, the discs are coming in cold tonight. My jaw yes, literally dropped on that. Damn, <laughs> son. That was quick that was... as well. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I feel like you've been uh, waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah. What, what? Did I kick your dog or something? I try to be a nice person. And Moving swiftly on. Okay, question number nine. Um, this is from a round that really went down well. This is one of my favorite rounds. Uh, it's called Awful TripAdvisor Reviews. Ooh, okay. <laughs> So these are, this is legitimate. I actually went to TripAdvisor and I found 10 one-star reviews of famous landmarks. <laughs> these are legitimately on TripAdvisor because uh, I provided links to them in the answer sheet. So I'm asking you to name me the famous landmark from this description. Now, I can't tell you whether or not these are serious. You know, I'm certain that some of them were jokey, but it was absolutely, it absolutely it is there on TripAdvisor. 
So the question is, it's a pretty awful 1960s style concrete building. It's really nothing special at all. Save yourself the effort and view it from the bridge or harbour. The further away you are, the less awful it looks. Uh, bridge this and harbour a... is pointing me towards Sydney. But it's, it's pointing me there too, yeah. But, but at the same time, I believe Sydney Opera House was 70s. Well, keep in mind that TripAdvisor... Uh, oh yeah, this is a TripAdvisor review. always the smartest yeah. people. I, so, I could. That sounds good to me. I have no idea, but Sydney sounds good. Yeah, I, I don't it, think I can get Sydney out of my head enough to put more likewise, thought into and figure out um, what it is. Unless so. it's something in San Fran, but no, not any real notable buildings in San Francisco, other than you know, like where the Giants play and the bridge. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, there's uh, Alcatraz, but that's yeah. not 1960s. But it is. Oh wait, 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 wait! It wait. is an awful concrete building. <laughs> But I, it, you, I would not call that a 1960s style building. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's a pretty generic prison style, I think. But yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say this: when we say Sydney Opera House, and when it is Alcatraz, I'm gonna be real mad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> okay, all right, let's fulfill our destiny. Sydney Opera House. Yep, it is a Sydney Opera House. Yes. Oh, okay. there we go. All right. <laughs> yeah. Harbour and bridge are meant to be uh, the closest, yeah. there, which is a, which is why it actually works surprisingly well as a question. Because what I found is this is a really fun round, but trying to find reviews that were that were actually usable. Uh, I mean, I I'm sorry to say I could not find a review to use for the Taj Mahal, because all the one star <laughs> reviews were basically racist. Oh, um, yeah, that's yeah. Good. There's a, okay, so the complaints were not based on the structure, which um, starts to be, and was which is horrible. Um, uh, so the ones that aren't just rambling, awful rambling nonsense. Um, I was actually struggling to um, to find good ones, but that one I was quite happy with, and I did ultimately get ten of them. Addy, so, I think you'll enjoy this. There's there's only one podcast that I listen to, and it's it's not Quadrivia. <laughs> uh, it's called. <laughs> Sorry, shocker. Uh, I, okay, fine, whatever. I do listen to ours because I have to help edit it. But that doesn't count. I don't want to listen. I listened to one called <laughs> Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. And literally the entire show is about them finding crazy reviews on like Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google, etc. Uh, and, and just reading these terrible one-star oh, reviews. And yeah, it's it's absolutely hilarious. You should check it out. You could probably pull quite a few uh, questions for another similar round from some of their episodes because they will do, you know, reviews of historic sites or whatever. What's and the podcast called? Uh, Beach too sandy, water too wet. So just quickly off the back of that question, um, very quickly indeed. The reason why my brain was saying Sydney Opera House is seventies. But 60s is technically correct is because they started building it in the late 50s and they didn't really? complete it until the early 70s. <laughs> so wow. there we go. That that's why it's it. 60s style. They, yeah. they were accidentally right. Oh, that's the best uh, kind of right. Zandy and Christine, when you hear this, I, I'll take that kickback or one of you can just guest here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we have yeah. one question left. We have one question left. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah, let's do it. Now, this round was from one of the most unfortunate live shows that I did. The, now, the round is called <laughs> Have a Nice Death and was about, um, so it was funny or amusing or unusual ways that people have died. Uh, 
you know, kind of a bit more besides Shiva. The problem with this was in the pub that night was like the the pub was Oh no. The pub had the same ten teams who came in week in, week out. Very few changes. Uh, except for the occasional tourist. This night there was like three or four extra teams. They've been there most of the afternoon. You know, they were eating and drinking, and a, and a, you know, a couple of them decided to stay, hang around for the quiz. Where had they been? A funeral. Yeah, they I were sticking around f- for the knew wake. that was the, the takeaway and here. Oh lord! I had this. I had this round, and I had a question about Paul Bearers uh, later on in the quiz. I, I was like, I might. It's my heart sank when I realised. Fortunately, by the time this got this round came along, they were all too pissed to care. Uh, they saw the funny side of it. They just didn't give a crap. Uh, See, piss in this context means drunk, not that they were yes. angry. Yeah. In the UK, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a happy yes. pissed. It, yeah, they it were means drunk, both. And, and they saw the funny side. Oh, yeah, it, it can be both. But yes, in this case, I mean drunk. So this was the question. Uh, in 1998, the man who discovered REM sleep, in which people dream, appears to have died in his sleep. This is unfortunate because he was doing what at the time? This This is one of those questions that I don't think anybody you know, a, a lay trivia goer, or even like an expert trivia uh, participant would know like stone cold. I think this is one of those where the ask is in the wording and you're supposed to kind of riddle and tease it out as to what mm. makes a sensible guess. Yeah. Exactly. Or this is, you know, something that everybody knows, but me. No, I mean, or, you're right. like, or, or it's a DTQ and the answer is sleep. No, it was listening to REM. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I told no. What he appears to have died in his sleep because he was sleeping at the time. Right, right. I know. I, I, he was. Yes, he was sleeping. I'm looking for what else he um, was doing. Oh, okay. Like I, I mean, assume I would... he was like driving or or something, flying a plane. Well, yeah, I guess sex. that would be. Un... I was thinking more like doing a sleep study to study REM sleep, but. <laughs> I feel like flying a plane and falling asleep would also be very unfortunate. My brain is going 98. What happened in 98? Would there be anything? You are not going to... Tipster, you're not going to get any clues that way. I'll just tell you. Oh, Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) Jason's right. Yeah, it's driving. Uh, He crashed his car into it. He crashed his car into a tree. uh, But it is believed that he was actually... uh, Had blacked out and was asleep at the time. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate. Um, I, I, I think I, may, I think I probably meant to include the man's name. This is one of those questions that wasn't totally happy with the work. The wording wouldn't really hold up because the the, the one man who discovered REM sleep is a bit nebulous. It was one of those concepts that was kind of we kind of discovered gradually by a group of people. But when I found when I found out about facts, I kind of wanted to include it at the time. Um, so on that morbid note, um, yeah, way to end us on an upper, Addy. <laughs> yeah. uh, great questions. Great mechanics that you built throughout this whole thing, man. I am, Thank you. I am uh, eagerly awaiting the next edition of Addy's Proxy Pub Quiz now. That's, that's what I, that's the sort of fake rounds that I, that I try and do. I try and put in at least one round that's sort of, uh, sort of humorous and a bit, and a bit fun, um, in every quiz because I know people like them. Good work indeed. So tipster Carmela, did you enjoy that round? Oh, absolutely. Those yeah, are fun. That, that, that is up my alley because it's all kind of different mechanics. And you guys probably know that I'm all about like approaching questions in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there, there's some definitely some very interesting styles there. Thank um, you. Much appreciated. Uh, 
I will be honest, I would have probably done awful if I was presented with these questions because <laughs> maybe because it is getting close to midnight now. Uh, Bearing in mind, but... yeah, you would also, I mean, also, to be fair, you would have like the, the pace sitting in front of you and have got like 10, 15 minutes to think about it. It's not like a sort of triv now, 30 seconds or, or That's fair situation. Well, it's not midnight here, but it is four o'clock and that is prime drinking time. <laughs> So I am going to have to ask y'all to get out of my house. Uh, I would like to take off my pants and drink some more whiskey. Wait, you, you're wearing pants during a podcast recording? I mean, I'm not recording? stopping we'll, you we'll from taking your pants fact. off. <laughs> okay, I meant it in like the UK term. It's just underwear. Yeah, oh, I know. Okay. I, I came here for yeah, a good time, yeah, not a long time. Which case you later. Same applies. I I feel like the Blink-182 album title plays a little bit differently over in the UK now. Yes, it does. That's I mean, but it's still the same kind of concept. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just, it goes a level. All right. Uh, Corey, who uh, are you? Sure... Where can people find you? Oh, no. I always forget this part. I am doing... Oh, oh, look at you being a fucking pro. Okay, I'm Corey. <laughs> uh, find me online at third degree entertainment.com facebook whatever i don't give a shit this awkward silence is where addy oh, oh, should come up yeah. and do the same thing <laughs> sorry, sorry I yeah i'm addy and you can find me on facebook if you search for addy lewis if you search my for addy's proxy pub quiz or i think if you just put appq uh you'll be able to find me and the next quiz the quizzes go out on the first of every month so yeah, um, if you get get in touch, I'll send it over to you. I'm Tipster. I am the host of the Pinnacle Larder Pub Quiz, which comes to you on twitch.tv slash tipster with a one instead of an I every Sunday at 7 p.m. British summertime. That is uh, 2 p.m. Uh, for all you people over in the Eastern time zone. And you can all work it out from there. And then also on Mondays, uh, I do something called the Week in Quiz, highlighting all of the things, well, a, a plethora of things going on in the world of trivia on Twitch. Same place there. And you can catch me on Facebook at Pinnacle Larder. And you can find me. I'm pretty active on Twitter. So um, you can find me at TWA First Lady. And that's first with the number not spelled out. Um, and the podcasts that I host, I'm a co-host of Trivial Warfare. You can find that in any podcast app as well as Foreplay. Um, and that is F-O-U-R play um <laughs> and we have a facebook group that's you're more than welcome to come and talk to to me there it's at trivial warfare army and trivialwarfare.com is where you can find all things oaks media group and again i've been jason with liquid courage entertainment i live on twitch now that's twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage courage with the letter k because everybody else got to spell their thing funny in this episode you can find us on Facebook, uh, just search Quadrivia Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Quadrivia Pod. You can send us emails, including potential keyword challenges, any uh, suggestions for themes, topics, or hate mail for Corey at quadriviapod oh. at gmail.com. Or to vote on our uh, keyword challenge episodes, quadriviapodcast.com. And there we go. We're fucking golden. No awkward outro this week. Hell yeah. Pants. I hate you. <laughs> Where do we go?
And we're back. Tipster, <laughs> would you like to share your question, please? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> okay. Oh god! Oh my goodness! And I mean, <laughs> luckily, I wasn't drinking my tea there. Otherwise, we'd have to have a break whilst I washed my muff off. Um, 